Soft Extreme. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. Dr. Airsoft's here. He's done a number of online blogs about uh, iPro safety gear, airsoftmedicine.com. So, yeah, give him a round of applause. Yeah! Who's missing their field uh, guard? Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Steve with Airsoftology. And for all of our Airsoft medicine needs, we go to Airsoft Medicine. The piano sounds like a carnival and the microphone smells like a beer. It's Dr. Airsoft. Thank you, Range Master Larry. We are back with uh, the Airsoft Medicine Show. And this week, or this month, I guess I should say, is January 2012. This is an exciting, exciting month for Airsoft Medicine because what month is it? Because it's January, it's time to go to uh, SHOT Show. SHOT Show, where all the latest products in Airsoft will be uh, kind of the, the red-headed stepchild to all the big, actual, real steel gun stuff there. Oh, yeah, except that what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas doesn't apply to SHOT Show because we're going to be doing live video. I have told you over and over that what happens in Vegas shows up on lab tests. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yes. That's I, I do have patients that have gone to Vegas. No, we will uh, we'll be there for SHOT Show, not for that sort of thing. And we're going to be, uh, well, actually, we will be arriving there just right after this is posted. So, people, you guys need to be subscribed to the Airsoft Medicine YouTube channel so you can get all of the daily video goodness that we're sending your way about all the new Airsoft products, all the safety products, certainly, but also just general Airsoft products because we're there and we got a camera and people like it and we got sponsors. And it's going to be great. And it's an excuse to go to Vegas. That's right. Right. Eat at a restaurant for once. Yeah. Okay, so we need to cover some stuff. Uh, the contact information email is for me, myself, Mark Vaughn, uh, Dr. Airsoft, mark at airsoftmedicine.com. And if if you're feeling lonesome and you want to write to me and just make me feel less lonesome, mine is Larry at airsoftmedicine.com. And sometime we'll have to check yours and see if you got any mail again. Yeah, I never check it. Between last show and, and this show. Then uh, we also want people to know other ways to get information on Airsoft Medicine. Of course, airsoftmedicine.com is where all the links are on the menu on the left on the homepage. And that gets you to the YouTube, which we are moving to, I'll say it again, Airsoft Medicine. If you're not subscribed to that channel, you're going to mess out on SHOT Show and all of our next year's videos. So make sure if you're already subscribed to what you think is the Airsoft Medicine channel, check it because it might actually be the Auburn Medical Group. We're moving to Airsoft Medicine. January 2012. And then, of course, we want you to like us on Facebook, uh, the Dr. Airsoft page on Facebook. And if you have Twitter, uh, look for Airsoft Medicine on Twitter. And then we're going to also make sure that we enforce that there is a way that you can help us out. Um, this is provided free. You can download it. But it really does help make things happen. If you use the Airsoft Extreme coupon code, DR Airsoft. And that will get you 15% off of any tactical gear. They have different categories on the website. 
Tactical gear includes all, well, of course, tactical gear, but also, uh, I guess, goggles falls under tactical gear. Goggles, face masks, all that counts. Is a Shumov considered tactical gear? I believe Safety it does. Gear? I believe it does fall under, uh, I think I'm closer to the mic than you. That's what I think. We'll find out. Um, you think you're going to catch something from me? Oh, I guess we have to tell our audience why we have two boys, one mic. Oh, because we have a guest in the studio. We, uh, we're we taking a little departure from our usual uh, kind of airsoft thing, a little, little different. We have with us uh, in the studio today a uh, U.S. Marine Corps uh, squad leader, uh, fresh back from a combat tour. And we're going to do a little compare and contrast of airsoft versus, um, well, real conditions. But I do have a, a technological question, Dr. Airsoft, before we get too deep into this. You're talking about being followed on Twitter. I'm a technological savage. I have no idea. How would I know if someone was following me on Twitter? I mean, would I get a creepy feeling in the, you know, that I'm being stalked or? They, they let you know. They just tell you. But how? Well, I get an email every time somebody new gets on. But if you go to your Twitter, it tells you how many people are following you. It's like a rearview mirror. mirror. Okay. I mean, is it a good thing to be followed by Twitter? For airsoft medicine, yes. Uh, for some of the Twitter accounts I've seen, not necessarily. Okay. Well, let's get into it. What you want to talk about? Okay. Oh, first I wanted to uh, do one more thing before we jump into, well, I was going to say the news, but the only news really is SHOT Show. That is the news. Uh, i got a couple other things. Let's get into those before we talk to our, our sergeant here. Uh, one thing is that uh, we really want people who download the podcast and listen to it. Well, first of all, we want, actually, we want everybody to. We want all of you to download the podcast. And, of course, if you're listening to this, you probably did. But we'd also like for you to rate it and write a review on iTunes, if you could do that. And uh, we also really like it when people are able to like our videos on the uh, YouTube videos that we put out. And we do put them out now and then. We've got one that we just put out today that shows uh, Range Master Larry comparing and contrasting the Glock 23, the real gun, uh, with the ATP uh, put out by KWA. And then uh, the other news item I was going to say is there is another Airsoft podcast, and that is the Gear Locker put out by our friend Eric Fine. And we're, by the time people are listening to this, we'll probably be eating dinner with Eric in Las Vegas. Eric uh, would be known to many of the folks out there in uh, podcast land because he uh, has been uh, a regular segment on... CQB Radio, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the segment on it, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's This Just In. And then also, he was a guest. He filled the third chair on uh, Airsoftology, um, you know, one of the shows that I got my start on. So we're kind of all related there, I guess, in a way. So getting back to our sergeant, let's go ahead and give him the grand introduction. We're talking here to Sergeant James of USMC, away from the uh, sandbox uh, just recently. Um, how was it over there? I mean, well, it's a good time. It's a bad time. It's it's a time. You know, you were telling me uh, on the drive up here that you have, I always thought of Marines as having some really moto, macho music to, to amp them up. And and you were telling me that, that, that a particular song that you guys use to, to get yourselves, your heads in the game, as it were, before you go out on patrol. And, and it was kind of counterintuitive to me. Do you share with us what song that was that got you uh, all amped up and, and why the heck it got chosen? Well, as you're saying, generally people listen to, you know, heavy metal, Slipknot, you know, some guys will listen to, you know, Tupac Shakur, things like that. You know, guys will get themselves amped up with, you know, some good, you know, get the blood flowing music. 
So a uh, buddy of mine, Flea Dog Massacre, one day, uh, he decided to turn on his laptop and hook it up to some speakers and put his own music choice on, and it became the norm. And uh, that magical little song that's touched all of our hearts is a, a Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. It's a... Uh, Touches yeah. our hearts, <laughs> really, and and then you you got yourselves ready to go out there and um, put down Taliban, huh? Well, yeah, bluntly put, yeah. I mean, hey, when you can listen to Katy Perry right before you step outside the wire and still go out in a rec shop, it's a whole different kind of person. This one's for you, Katy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's even more insulting to them because she's such a you know Western uh, icon of of yeah, she's very non burka. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> okay. So here, here's the thing I've been kind of curious about in, in the whole compare and contrast airsoft to, to, to the, the real deal. I mean, here we are playing, you know, playing war. And, and it seems, you know, when I, when I think about it, I almost feel kind of guilty about it. Like here, I'm taking something that's deadly serious and making a game of it. Should I feel guilty? I mean, I'm just wondering, how, does, how do the real military people feel about this? And that's something I also think about, too. I'm a grown man playing, playing war. There's people who really do this, and it's very, you know, it's deathly serious. And uh, it goes through my head, too. When I talk to patients, I tell them what airsoft is. If they were in the service, uh, sometimes I'm a little hesitant to, to admit to what it is that I do for a hobby. So I'm interested, too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could probably pull all your viewers and you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who hasn't ever played war, played cowboys and Indians or something. It's kind of one of those innate things ingrained in people from before the time they're born that, Hey, guess what? We're designed to, well, wreck shop as a, uh, as I bluntly put earlier. So, I mean, it's not like people are going to get offended. None of us get offended by it. But, I mean, we also, we're not about to go out and do it because it's what we do for a living. Most of us aren't going to go, you know, grab an airsoft gun and go practice on weekends. <laughs> He's a little like the postman taking a walk on his day off. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, I don't know. But do you do you have any? I, I handed you yesterday. We were we were just kind of messing around. I had get, give you the uh, the Daniel Defense M4 clone, and right off the bat, you knew where all of the where all of the controls were. I, I will say I'm I'm extremely impressed with how accurately put together they were. In fact, when I, I you even saw me do it, I went to check for a serial number. And instead of a serial number, they have, you know, just a, some random numbers or whatever. But I was very impressed. I mean, uh, magazine releases, uh, the bolt release, charging handle, obviously they're not all fully functional, but they're there and they're, they look good. Yeah. And we discovered something else about uh, high cap mags. When, when, when you... When, he goes to slam it home and hit it a little hard, and it unwinds the it unwinds the spring. Well, one thing we teach our guys when we get them is when you load a magazine, make sure it seats, and then slap the bottom and to make sure that it uh, seats all the way and it's not going to drop out once you uh, get the reverberations from the from the shots being fired dropping the magazine out. So I went to tap the bottom, and uh, I don't know what I did to it, but it stopped working. Yeah, there's a little mantra you went through uh, to actually load the, the M4 mag in. What was it? Flat oh, uh, flat. Uh, flat to flat, back to back, low beer can grip, right at home. Flat to flat, back to back, low beer can grip, right at home. Yep. Have to remember that. Just don't slam the bottom of it. Yeah, the high cap. Now you can do it with the, with the mid cap mags. Just if you have a, uh, that's one thing. If I ever do it, I'll have to uh, catch myself on. If I have a misfire, there's no tap rack bang. <laughs> yes, there is no bang. It's a pst. <laughs> well, there's no tap either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So talking about safety equipment. Um, 
the, probably the, the most critical element in airsoft, obviously, is because you know these these rounds are not going to penetrate you for the most part. Are going to be iPro. Um, what kind of iPro did the Marines wear in in theater? Uh, well, the majority, uh, everyone gets issued uh, ESS glasses and goggles, or uh, sometimes another brand, uh, Wiley X. Uh, I'm not sure what specific type they are, but everybody gets issued those from you know the time you get to your unit. Uh, the majority of guys go out, and uh, you're allowed to buy your own. Most guys go with Oakley just because they have the uh, shadowproof ballistic lenses, and plenty of us have, uh, well, shown appreciation for them. You, you, didn't you have your own little incident with the uh, uh, use of the Oakleys? Uh, yeah, it was a brand new pair. Kind of, kind of pissed me off. <laughs> First time I wore them, uh, they they took a couple of hits. <laughs> like what? What happened to you? I uh, uh, happened to be standing on a piece of ground that decided to blow up while I stood on it, and uh, large uh, rocks and pieces of metal were projected upwards. <laughs> Oh yeah, we, uh, the the doctor is noticing. Um, this is a visual, but he's he's pointing at your arm. He happens to see. So you're gonna have to describe. I, I see a little little dot there on your arm. Yeah, so I have a little scar on the outside of my left arm. It's about uh, four or five stitches, and that was the entrance to. We're not sure what exactly it was. It must have been a piece of metal though, because as it went through my arm, it was hot enough. It cauterized itself and uh, didn't hit anything vital, but it punched out the other side, left a. Pretty good. It was about it was about three inch wide, uh, I guess, laceration or puncture wound. I guess when it when it happened, it was about fifteen stitches. Pretty fortunate considering what it, what occurred when you were that close to an IED and have it go off. But 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 the iPro. Tell us about the iPro aspect of it. Well, when I realized I was laying on my back and I was missing my Oakleys, uh, I realized they were still attached to my face. They were just hanging down a little bit, and so I grabbed them and brushed all the dirt off and tried to put them back on. And uh, there was a few uh, pretty good-sized divots and scrapes out of them, but they were still totally intact. And uh, There was also a couple pieces of metal that hit me in the face, and we found out one of them bounced off my uh, cheekbone and probably would have taken my left eye out, but uh, Oakley gas cans. Wow. Ballistic lenses. Same thing holds true. That's that's the one piece of of safety equipment that they won't let you on an airsoft field without. Well, and you know from from having played paintball. I uh, used to play paintball a lot, and... That's that's one thing. It's, eyes are really easy to damage, and you re- really only get two of them. Now, what about the, the the concept of what you guys would call? I've heard it called an accidental discharge. I've also heard it called a ne- negligent discharge, which I really prefer as a terminology because it wasn't an accident. The gun did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> you yeah, pulled the trigger and it went off. Now, how do you how do you avoid those where in your theater? Well, uh, mostly we try and play big boy rules where. We're ho- hopefully you're man enough to carry a loaded weapon around without right. negligently discharging it into the ground or someone else or a wall. But that's not always the uh, not always the case. So we have certain uh, weapon safety rules we teach guys. Uh, there's four standard ones and then one that kind of floats around in the background. Uh, first one's treat every weapon as if it were loaded. Second one, never point a weapon at anything you do not intend to shoot. Third, keep your finger straight off the trigger until you're ready to fire. Fourth, keep your weapon on safe until you tend to fire. And then the fifth one that kind of floats around in the background is know your target and what lies beyond it. And then that uh, pretty much covers any kind of safety issues you might have when uh, when utilizing your, your personal weapon. Yeah, because in your world, your weapon has to be ready to go at all times. Yeah, generally. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you don't get to just shut off the lights at night and nothing's going to happen until 
you know, eight o'clock the next morning when you punch the clock. It's not like that. Well, there's a reason I slept with a loaded nine mil under my pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and and, and uh, so you've got to be really careful about running running around with, with weapons in condition one. Exactly. That, that you're not pointing them at people or tweaking with the trigger. In the airsoft world, I suppose we we, we do it that way. There's other other safety features. You see, par- uh, and especially in paintball, I remember that uh, there were certain um, rules that said if you're in a given area, safety area, you have to have a barrel plug inserted. Would you be in favor of, I mean, is, is that a good rule, bad rule, or is it you know, like, or would you, as you said, play by big boy rules? It, is, it's, is effective. Kind of a- it's effective. It's uh, effective, especially back when I played paintball, but Looking at it, I still remember plenty of people who they were aware of the rules. They had barrel plugs, they had barrel bags, and they just wouldn't put them on because they were lazy or forgot or whatever. And I mean, things happen. Yeah. So I mean, you really got to play by big boy rules and just enforce it. Just have be the guy who's willing to say, "Hey, you know, watch where you're pointing that or whatever." Yeah. Now, did you ever see any uh, paintball accidents? Oh, I saw plenty uh, in the little uh, the little Chrono areas. One of my buddies uh, got shot in the neck from about two feet away because some kid was trying to look down the barrel of his gun and squeeze one off and shot my buddy in the neck. <laughs> nice. What about in, uh, in, in theater? Did, is, uh, uh, we had a certain individual who uh, was using a squad automatic weapon, which is an open pulp machine gun, and decided to, with rounds on the feed tray, ride the, uh, ride the bolt home, which doesn't work if you don't want it to go off. And he put a three-round burst between his feet. Between his own feet? Between his own feet. Nobody got hurt. Yeah, but did he get yelled at a lot? You could say that. <laughs> it's amazing how timely this topic is. I, I, I don't know if, if we've talked very much about the uh, ASTM, American Society of Testing Materials. I, I just uh, voted on a ballot this week. And on this ballot, this is for standards for, um, for airsoft, much like the standards they already have for paintball. And in paintball, you were talking about the barrel covers or plugs, either one. And now in Airsoft, they're saying uh, the recommendation uh, for the standard for field operators is that they require some kind of way of preventing accidental discharges when you're not actually on the field playing. So that's either have a gun in a case, have it in a holster that covers it, or something else that's going to keep the accidental discharge from getting out. And I might be completely... Uh, off the reservation when I say this, but a good way to keep from accidentally shooting it when you're not currently in a game is keep it unloaded. You're absolutely <laughs> right. The problem is... Um, Plenty of people will you, still load it up. And, you can and have your magazine out, and, and on an AEG, it can still fire, uh, which I don't know how easy that is with paintball. Uh, I know it's possible with real steel to have the magazine out, and it can still fire. And so I, I actually kind of like... You know, you're right. Absolutely. People should have, have it unloaded. They should be responsible, have trigger dis- discipline, but kind of the end thing, the last place where everything has to come is coming out of a barrel. And so that's why I kind of like the, the barrel blocking idea um, from that aspect of it. I don't like that it's yet another rule in addition to everything else we're supposed to, you know, the four that you mentioned, plus keeping your magazine out. Let's add on another rule. But I, I do like that it's kind of the, I don't know, is end game an appropriate term that this is the business end of the gun. And if you, you stop it there it kind of makes up for if people are, are negligent on the other ones? Well, it's kind of unfortunate that rules like that have to come into play, but unfortunately common sense is an uncommon virtue, and plenty of people <laughs> just refuse to utilize the little bit of common sense they might have, and it's not like they can run down to the 98-cent store and pick some up on aisle three. So, 
Yeah, yeah and, and, the, and, and in the so-called safe areas, safe handling areas, people are handling the guns all the time. And if you, I mean, if, if you had some safety officers there that said, okay, magazines out, bolts open, set your weapons in these racks, and don't touch them until it's time. But at some point, you've got to you've got to test them and make sure they're working. and You're ready to play. And I guess I guess the the valuable feature about having a barrel plug or something is it's visible. You can, that's something that you can everyone else can see. You know, it may not absolutely it's, prevent accidents. It's but something it's, that's easy to police, though. Yes, it's it's very very easily seen. And instead of people just walking around with weapons, you don't know their level of training or their level of, of uh, responsibility, whatever. Well, and if you think about it, rules aren't in place for the responsible ones. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you hate to have to start making up rules, but you know, unfortunately that's kind of the, the, the way things head, especially, you know, it's, it's, what is it that the moms say the world over? It's all fun and games till somebody puts an eye out. Right. Sounds like a Christmas story. Well, yeah, it, it it does. Ralphie, Ralphie's mom. That was the big deal, right? So, as soon as that happens, though, every rule. This is another uh, little little old saw that every rule has somebody's name on it. You know, it. The reason, you know, I am taking my shoes off at the airport to get on an airplane. That's the Richard Reed rule. You know, the shoe bomber guy, and. It ticks me off that I can't open my Tylenol bottle without a a, a sawzall. Because somebody tinkered with the Tylenol, you know, decades ago, but but that's this is the this is the world we live in, and we have to self police in this sport, or somebody else is going to come down on us with a bunch of stupid rules and you know like bright orange guns or whatever. In place of the commercial, what we're going to do is just promote ourselves. Shameless plug for the uh, Popular Airsoft Players Choice Awards. You go to popularairsoft.com, and during the month of January, it ends the end of January, two thousand twelve. Go to vote at that link at the banner at the top of the page and vote for us for Best Airsoft Podcast and Videocast. And also consider voting for Dr. Airsoft for Special Player Award. Uh, before the commercial, we were talking about everybody's, or the, every rule has somebody's name on it. Before that, we were talking about the uh, the end of the barrel, either a bag or a, a plug or something to keep it in place. And uh, our, our sergeant was saying, yeah, that's kind of the end. When nobody obeys the rules, that's the end that's going to help enforce it. I'm kind of amazed, actually. Just, I mean, I haven't played much airsoft, but as an outsider looking in, one thing I'm amazed by is how much people invest in the, all the other equipment they have. The money they'll spend on their gun, the money, or I, I assume gun is the right term, but uh, the money they'll spend on LBVs, the uh, utilities they're going to wear, uh, goggles and things like that, and yet they won't, they get upset if you tell them they need to buy a $3 piece to put over the end of their barrel, or they need to, I don't know, put some kind of bolt stop in there or something. Even for iPro, uh, they'll balk at spending money for iPro that's not going to fog up, and instead they'll... People would rather the, spend money on things that look cool rather than things that are actually functional. Yeah, I think you've hit it exactly on the head. The, the, it's the it's technical. What, what do our buddies at uh, Airsoftology call them? Geardos? Yeah, they call them Geardos. They have this whole lexicon. of I, I'm very much a fan of theirs. Oh, we, we have a similar uh, similar phrase that I won't say on the air. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> I'm dying to know it, but okay, we won't say it. <laughs> yeah, it, for, so for a $3 part, you know, it's a little peace of mind, and it tells the world, hey, don't don't be afraid, it's all good. 
And so, you know, maybe that's the way it's, it's going. Is is that the way the a- ATSM or ASTM is? is well, it, they uh, didn't give any specifics. It just, it, the three things it said would satisfy it would be a case, a holster that's closed, or some kind of a device. And I, I, I'm not allowed to quote from it, you know, the exact words or to read it or reproduce it. But I can say that the gist of it was something that's going to keep the accidental discharge from coming out of the barrel. Now, Sergeant, you said you've never actually played airsoft. I mean, since having, having just freshly played the real thing, but would you at some point in the future be interested in playing? Have yeah, you I seen mean, the gear and everything? Yeah. The, uh, the more I look into it, the more it looks fun. I mean, pay, like, like you said, you, uh, you showed me that, uh, replica. I don't, I don't remember what, uh, company it was, but, uh, of the, uh, the replica, of the M4. And I'm, I'm pretty impressed with it. I mean, it makes me think about what that, uh, do you remember the, the veteran that was at uh, Red Storm 2? He's in the video and he's talking about how the veterans uh, actually encouraged him to play because it takes him sort of back to what he was doing in theater, but it, it also is in reinforcing that now he's in a safe place. Now you're safe. And so was, the theory was it's helping him make that transition. I have no idea what the validity of that is. I'd be curious to hear what your thought is about Airsoft as a, a transitioning to now you're safe. I, I could see the thought process behind that. The, well, Hey, put you back in the, the hypervigilance and the running around and in theory getting shot or whatever. But at the same time, do you net, depending on the degree of what that person was involved with, do you necessarily want to try and put them back in that position for some people it might be therapeutic. Other people, I mean, depending on their psychological ability. We're all individuals, and we all respond differently, and we all had different experiences. So, yeah, I, I, I like your answer on that. I, I could see it being uh, good for some people, but maybe not for all. Yeah. But but you'd be okay with playing, huh? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Kind of, I might be, be a kind good of time. Fun. You know, it might be, uh, you know, what I think would be really handy is, is to have someone like yourself to, to be able to give a little seminar, just even, you know, brief uh not tactical just training. tactical training for, for airsofters because, you know, looking having seen both the paintball world and the airsoft world, I can tell you from my experience that the, the, the airsofters tend to be more, a more mature crowd. I mean, they're, and, and, and I don't just mean by age, the milsim. Yeah. The milsim crowd is, is a more mature crowd. And I don't mean that by age, but by, by the psychological makeup they're they, they strike me as, as just, they're more responsible individuals. I could see that. I mean, even having been one of the paintballers who ran around on the inflatable fields and had a $1,600 gun and spent way too much on it and went and played, you know, three times a week. Yeah, and I could see that. I mean, it turns into a wine fest back in the uh, parking lot and everybody's complaining about everything. But I've seen a lot of airsofters who I just, the honor system is a whole lot better and people just seem to be, have a better grasp of, hey, you know, yeah, it's a game. You know, don't take it personally. Yeah, if you have to see a really uh, gnarly fist fight at a, a- Milsim. I mean, you know, the people might raise their voices a little bit, but it's over quickly. You know, I think they're 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 a much more polite crowd. For me personally, I, my blood gets boiling when I get shot at close range, and and it hurts. But it's you know the nature of it is within a minute or two the sting is gone, and and I'm calm back down. And as long as I can hold my tongue and be quiet and count to ten, <laughs> the game goes on. Well, like I said, I never played airsoft, but I mean, we have uh, we have this the simulation rounds that we use, where it's a nine millimeter round that has basically laundry detergent based paint on the end, and they're moving pretty quick. So we've done that, and yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about getting shot at close range. Uh, happened to a buddy of mine a little while back, and he just jumped up and wanted to go to fist. And we're in the middle of a uh, 
of a, I guess, scenario where trying to calm him down, still trying to maintain the training value. Like, all right, don't punch him, don't punch him. But <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But yeah, and, and there was that one. I think you uh, did. You see that video where Thumpy's talking about the time that he lost his cool, or, or almost did, and he had to go back and apologize later, and just reinforcing that. Yeah, sometimes when you hurt, you you tend to. Uh, go toward getting upset and getting angry at somebody and, and the trick to keep the sport, uh, the, the sport that we all love is to be able to just, you know, let it go count to 10 or whatever, take the breath. And then, uh, after that's over, you'll be okay. Now you're telling me that we're getting close to our, our wrap up time. Wow. Where does the time go every month? It happens every time. Time flies like an arrow fruit flies like a banana. I guess, yeah, or, or as they say it. No, I wasn't going to say it. Sergeant James, it has been such an honor for us to have you in our studio uh, sharing on this podcast. Uh, you are welcome back all the time, anytime, and uh, we, we hope that you will. We wish you well at, uh, at your job in the Marines. Now, where are you based now? Uh, on the uh, East Coast. Okay, all right, and training the new recruits? Uh, yeah. I'd, uh, Teaching I'd be- them the way. All right, uh, we want to let everybody know... Uh, to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already you tell all your friends rate it on uh, itunes and until next time this is dr airsoft and range master larry and this time sergeant uh i was gonna say your, your whole name sergeant james telling all of you to play safely spartan imports incorporated is one of north america's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes our major product lines have full warranties and we offer comprehensive in-house dealer and consumer technical support among the many brands and items we carry spartan imports is the exclusive distributor of magpul licensed pts airsoft products classic army and javelin brands of airsoft guns and amp tactical and mag brands of high quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories